All right, guys, it's been a few weeks since we've all been together. Uh, a lot's been happening, but I don't think anyone's had any more happening in their life than Anthony had yesterday. Anthony, tell us about, <laughs> tell me about your day yesterday. After you dropped your parents off at the airport, it got pretty exciting on the Hockey's for Everybody front. Yes, so um, uh, shout out to my parents there. They needed me to drop them off at the airport uh, to go see my, my sister, and so I hope they're having a good time there. But so after that, I found myself at Glen Lake uh, Elementary School, which is uh, really cool. Uh, surprisingly, actually, I didn't know this at the time, but Glen Lake had been in the national news right before that um, because uh, they were on Kelly Clarkson, Betsy Julian, um, who's a teacher there, is you know spearheading this movement to get the uh, Jungle Jam accessible for everybody. So really? Um, yeah, which is really, really cool. Um, so, you know, that's uh, something that was going on. But I was there as well. Um, to do a reading with the kids and to read uh, Hockey's for Everybody, um, Anthony's goal, and Anthony goes to camp. And so that was a really awesome experience. And then we talk a lot about what it's like to be an ally, allyship, um, you know, those kind of things, and what it means to uh, the person that you're, you know, helping out, to have a best friend that might stand up for you and all that kind of stuff. So then uh, what is really cool about that as well is that it was my fourth grade teacher's sixth grade class. So I was able to you know, go back, and that was a first for my fourth grade teacher to have a student that um, he had had, um, you know, come back and teach and to read to, to the students, and so that was a really... What was um, his name? Uh, Paul Spreitzer. So that okay. was a really cool, powerful cool. moment. Uh, Marsha Baish, who was our principal at Catherine Curran at the time as well, uh, came out, and uh, a couple of other people from, from that school, which is now um, closed, but a lot of incredibly great minds came out of that school. And was Were you a Hopkins school district? Yes. Is Glen Lake in the Hopkins School District? So Glen Lake is in the Hopkins School It's really school close. District. That thing, like, mm -hmm. it's like Utah, Colorado. They all kind of touch each other yeah. right in Glen Lake. Isn't it? Yeah. Everything butts up. There's, like, mm -hmm. EP, Minnetonka, Hopkins all yep. kind of butt up to Glen Lake. Right, yeah. exactly. And then um, Catherine Curran was the Edina, Hopkins, Eden Prairie kind of butt at that point. So I went to that school, and then that closed. So then the kids that were at that school, like, Glen Lake was literally across the street, essentially, um, district-wise or school-wise, so then they went there. So I was the last class for Catherine Curran, but then all my teachers and the people that were younger went over the, uh, to um I could Lake. only imagine because I've and talked other schools as I've well. I've talked sorry. to Jeff Johnson mm -hmm. about coaching you, and he was like, <laughs> "Man, he was just spastic. He was just yeah, all over the place, just hyper." And, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he and he didn't say it in a negative way. He was like, "Man, he was. Right. We were just always reining him in." So yeah. I love to know what your fourth grade teacher thought of Anthony yeah. at the time, and and I'm sure where you've gone now. Uh, I bet he's proud. I bet he's proud to see absolutely. how what a good young man you've turned out to be. Well. I appreciate that one, but no, at 100%, um, you know, I have always had a lot of energy. I, you know, still think people would describe me as probably having a lot of energy, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was, it was super incredible and yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun times, uh, you know, with coach Johnson and, and peewees and, um, you know, having that great year with those guys, um, as well. So that was a lot of fun. All right. So then after the reading, you go down to the X and you have a book signing and you actually sold some books yes. too. So went down to the X and, uh, uh, that was really cool opportunity. So, um, you know, the black history game, they had the golden Knights in town and I was able to, uh, be at the Minnesota hockey lodge at the XL and do a book signing there. So that was really cool. Um, the reception was incredible. I was able to sell uh, roughly 50 books, so that was really cool um, to also have that done. So, you know, thank you to everybody that came out and supported that and took pictures and, you know, was able to come and ask questions. So, um, you know, that, that, that really helps. Uh, 
move this message forward. And you met the uh, director Kwame Damon Brown too. The yeah, Kwame Damon director Mason was uh, the uh, Mason. Director. Sorry, yep, yeah, no, you're thinking of the uh-huh. first round NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Kwame Brown. Sorry, yeah. I got that in my head. Could not get that yeah. out of my head. But his name of his uh, documentary is called Soul on Ice. Yes, yeah, Soul on Ice. Great documentary. Um, the Wild actually just had a screening of it at Tria, and uh, Kwame was in town for that, and. Uh, was at the the game yesterday, so uh, Kwame and I had to have had conversations just over the you know course of the year, but had never met in person. So that was really cool to meet him and uh, you know meet each other in person and uh, you know, have a little conversation, get some pictures taken. So he is an award winning um, videographer, documenter, and uh, I encourage everybody to you know check out that documentary. So That's a awesome. lot of cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, you're working, Kendall. You're working over at Parade Ice Garden. Yep. And is there been a great experience for you? Whether it's been watching kids play over there, or coaching, or people coming up to the rink. What's been going on with you? Yeah, just you know, over the course of uh, us doing this podcast, is uh, having different parents, coaches come up and just kind of giving their feedback, and uh, you know, a lot of different. Parents have said it, it's given them a, a totally different perspective on, you know, just the hockey and, you know, seeing a different side of, uh, you know, our experience and stuff like that. So that it's been pretty positive feedback and, you know, people, I think, are enjoying it and hearing a different perspective. Yeah. So last um, Friday, we had our Friday Night Ice game between Rogers and Maple Grove. Oh, yeah. And this lady comes up to me, and she's kind of got these pouty eyes. You know how pouty eyes are, like, mm-hmm. oh, like these puppy dog eyes. Like, she was going to say something really nice, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking it's, uh, maybe I said something nice about her kid. That's a real common thing. Like, you say something nice about their kid, and then they'll come up and they'll say, thanks for saying nice things about my kid or our team or whatever. Right. So I'm just thinking, you know, I've seen these eyes before, right? So, oh, and I'm like, oh, uh, what's your name? And I'm blah, 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 Renala was her name. And she's like, oh, and she points at her. This poster that her kid was on the poster for our, we make these little boxing posters. You see them here and there. Oh, thank you for that. I'm like, actually, one of them's for you because we make them these pot and we give them out because they're seniors, you know, Mm -hmm. it's for the grad party or something. And she's like, I listened to your show, the Hockey's for Everybody show. And it's made a huge impact on my life and the stuff, the lives you're touching with that show are amazing. Keep it up. Awesome. I was like, well, I wasn't what I was expected, yeah. but it was a good wasn't. Yeah, isn't what I was expected. So, yeah. wow, that's that's, that's cool. fantastic. So, yeah. uh, we got a few seconds here. I, I got this question. Uh, I love this question. I, I I could get it every day and come up with a new answer. Mm-hmm. If you can change any rule in hockey, and you can be, you could just make sure you tell us what level this is for. So, okay. uh, uh, a lot of women, when you ask them this question, if you could change any rule in the game, it's always we want to fight. Check. Or we want to check or we yeah. want to fight, you know, like they want to hit, you know, there's aggression there. But uh, anybody who knows anything about the game and the growth of women's hockey, the last thing you want to do is allow that because then moms and dads will be pulling their, you know, princesses out of the game. And we want all the yeah. many kids we can get into the game. Doesn't matter what level, where we want to get them into this game. Um what would you guys do? What would be the rule you guys would change? You got to tell me what level too. Yeah. You know, that's a good one. Uh, I was think I I was I heard people talking the other day about changing the overtime rules for like uh, you know college and up NHL and bringing it to getting rid of the shootout. 
for overtime games. So the end of the tie or just keep going? Like, no, let's have a marathon? Yeah, that's the that's what they were going back and forth. Just on. instead of a five-minute, make it yeah, ten, ten? Or, yeah. It might never end. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I don't know. That was just something I was I saw recently and was thinking about. You and Peter think alike. He yeah. hates shootouts. Yeah. He hates them. He's like, get rid of the damn shootouts. It should I mean, never it, count. It was, it was cool for, you know, when it first kind of. Like a gimmick, entered, right? Yeah, it was kind of cool seeing, you know, get to see all the different shootout moves. But now it's just kind of like overplayed to me, I guess. Like, All right. Yeah. Kendall's bore with shootouts. Yeah. Well, people skating really slow, and it's just like, you know, you're just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. all right. Like, you know, anybody could kind of score at that point. Not like that, because they don't always score, obviously. Right. But, like, if you, uh, you know, it's like if you have all the time in the world to do a Rubik's Cube or something, right? Like, you know, you're going to be right. able to figure it out. Like, it's just, you know, maybe. Um, so, I mean, could I have two, actually? That maybe uh, what's is that? that two two rule change? No, you only get one. Ah, uh, because <laughs> just, I know just maybe think gonna, of something. Uh, he, okay, go I ahead. Two, and it ha- has to be one. What? Could I, no, like, no, go to two. Okay, I'm joking. Okay, I'm okay, joking. okay. I'm gonna state two, but it's it's really one. Okay, so the first one or one of them is a a counter to Kendall's. Maybe add somebody chasing the person in the shootout. Or something, Love that, right? Love that. That could be That'd so make, like, yeah. and that way Love you're not that. taking 20 minutes to get down the ice, and it's more realistic and. You I don't like have to that. worry about somebody actually catching you. So that's mm-hmm. not necessarily my rule change, but you made me think of that as a way to maybe So they could start on the blue line, the other guy's on the blue line. Yeah. So you're still going to have time to yeah. pull off a good move. Right. But there's going to be just a little bit of, yeah, a you know, urgency in there. Or add, urgency. Uh, maybe make like a line across the tops of the circles, like the top of the circle on the defensive side. You start there, and then they start on the blue line. And then you okay. have to go. And, like, you know, like, that's still kind of a similar amount of room. Yeah, similar, yeah. In that way, you – like, because I think it's starting at, at the blue line, you'd almost, like, still kind of be too too close starting in. And that way you have a chance to actually gain speed if you want to. The right. The person has a chance to catch you. And it becomes an actual, like, thing. And maybe, like, if you're caught, like, that's a – because I don't know. I don't say that's a point for the other team or something. But, like, no. you know, somehow make it – you know, no, they're just gonna want to defend. They want to yeah. defend. Okay, yeah. yeah. So at least, yeah, at least just have somebody chasing. So that's not my rule change, but to ba- piggyback off of what Kendall is saying, um, you know. So then I also think that we got to get rid of, um, uh, what are these called? Like the, like hail mary passes, basically. Like I think there's got to be a way to really. Yeah, I think there should be yeah. more. Really, yeah. I mean, I think it expands the ice, but like you're seeing a lot of people I want that just like ice don't play expanded, off, don't play defense. So you're saying the two so, line rule again? Yeah. No, no, What's, was no. that what it was? Where yeah, you, you can't pass line. across two lines. Yeah. That's the stupidest rule ever. <laughs> no, no, I think what I'm saying is like soccer defense. That's what I'm talking about. Like you, like you can't be a, a like a defender. forward in the puck is in your zone, and you're just floating at the other team. Why not blue line? Because, like, that just, again, it's like, it promotes Defend lazy it. hockey. Defend it. It promotes yeah. people that, like, don't. It doesn't I mean, work. It mm-hmm. rarely works. It really yeah. works, but, I mean, like, you know. I think you've got to be able to defend it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, like it, it. It, I don't know. I, I I like it. I feel like, you know, it just it gives people incentive not to play defense and that, you know, if you are. We need more goals, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I like anything that can change more the goals. game in a different way then. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not. Okay. 
because like then that's just creating people that have breakaway after breakaway after we, we you know we might as well then just insinuate a make a breakaway rule. It's so right? funny we have Mike Bowman coming on and and he's probably yeah, oh, just chopping yeah. the bit. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. want to <laughs> jump in. Right? He wants to. Yeah. We got him on mute right now. He's like, I think we should change this. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah. When we bring him on after yeah. the music, he can yeah. probably cite what what rule yeah. he is. I, I, mine's real easy. I'd like to get rid of. Uh, I love the icing rule where if and it's really hard to officiate. So that's the reason they don't have it. In, in all levels, but I love the rule. If you ice the puck, you're okay. staying on the ice. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't get rewarded. You don't yeah. get to come off and get a change. It's a really hard rule too. You'd have to have a four, uh, a four officiating crew, and we're already mm-hmm. short on refs. So that's a little bit more fantasy than, yeah. than some of these other ones. So right. Should be a fun show. Looking forward to having Mike Bowman from Bowman Hockey on. He's a former coach, trainer of Kendall's. Uh, At some point, Kendall, I know you're just too nice of a guy. you got to throw him under the bus just (laughs) one time today, okay? Can you promise me that? I'll try to think of something. All right. I know. I doubt you will. You're just too dang nice. (laughs) You're too dang nice. So, all right, guys. This is fun. I hope you enjoy today's show. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. I can do what I wanna and make you a believer. Here you say I from steady in the street corner. I make you a believer, make you say I. And I can do what I wanna. And I can do what I wanna. And I can do what I wanna. Welcome to the Hockey Is for Everybody podcast. I am your host Anthony Walsh here with Kendall Porter. And we have Mike Bowman in today. How you doing, Mike? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Mike. Uh, yeah, we, we've we been doing this podcast for a few months now. And, you know, we've been, you know, the premise is, you know, people and uh, diversity in hockey and, you know, just finding people with all different kind of uh, hockey stories and journeys. And I thought you'd be a perfect person to have on because you you know you've been a huge part of my hockey career from you know almost you know since bantams all the way up through college so uh definitely excited to have you on today well thank you kendall that that means a lot that really does i appreciate that very much yeah yeah and mike i remember uh you know our uh ITR and you know the, the the brief time we spent there together and how how, how fun that was so a lot of fun there oh yeah uh, oh yeah yep yep seems like yesterday yeah exactly. exactly awesome so yeah let's dive in here uh you know tell us a little bit about how you got involved in hockey are you a Minnesotan and um you know what does that look like as far as uh you know where did your career take you yeah so I mean I was born in, in Seoul South Korea uh, I was adopted here as a baby. My parents are Minnesotans, so my dad was really big into hockey. Um, when I was a kid, he was the you know president of our youth hockey association. So that's kind of how he got me involved. Is just kind of saying, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna play this game." So uh, it was great, and you know I loved it, and you know I played played through high school age, and then I realized you know you weren't really going to go much further. And but I really loved the game, and I wanted to stay involved with the game, and the coaching aspect really intrigued me quite a bit. So, you know, fast forward a few years, I got connected with a guy named Mike Schwartz, who was the head coach in Augsburg at the time. And uh, I got to meet him and, and he brought me on as an assistant when I was 22 years old. And uh, it was a real great experience for me. Uh, a lot of the players were older than I was. So it was, 
uh, growing up really quick and, you know, Mike coached the guys hard, which I appreciated because I learned so much from him uh, and the other staff there. And it was, a, it was a top program. So the expectations were high, which I enjoyed uh, from there. I, I got a head coaching job uh, in St. Paul with Highland Park uh, right after I graduated from the U of M. And, you know, that was quite the experience coaching a team and, you know, in that city there, cause it was a lot different than probably, you know, like any diner or Cretan where you guys played. Uh, so that was a, a unique perspective for me. And then I went back and coached four more years at Augsburg. It was a great time. I loved it there and did a little more coaching at the high school level, did some scouting at various levels, and then just started a, a program about 10 years ago, my own program. And it was a real small 15, 20 kids to start. It was actually my nephew and his teammates that were, you know, Abe Adams going up into high school and just started working with them. And now today it's, it's morphed into something bigger than I ever expected. So it's a, a great thing. I'm really, really proud of that. And guys like Kendall really helped pave the way for, you know, where we are now. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there, uh, is there, you know, one, any couple experiences while you're coaching and, uh, you know, just maybe through youth that, you know, just kind of continue to drive your, uh, you know, your love for hockey or made you want to continue and, and, on that path? I just think for me, it was, you know, being a leader for people, being a role model. And then like kind of our whole core value of what we do at Bowman hockey is we want to make a difference in these kids' lives, these young men's lives. We want them to be prepared for the next level, whatever that is, whether it's junior college pro, uh, we want them to be ready to, you know, go through the good times and the bad times. Cause I think some of the kids here in Minnesota, especially the high school kids aren't really, fully understanding when they get to junior hockey, what that's going to be like and how it's a different and, you know, the physicality, the coaching, just the mentality of, of how that works. And so for us, it's just, that's kind of the motivation for me is that's, you know, I love the game. I love being at the rink. We're at the rink all the time. Uh, and then just being able to help people and make a difference. That's my main motivation for, you know, being involved in this. So you had mentioned that you started 10 years ago and now it's growing into something you, you know, can't quite imagine, um, for our listeners, what is, what is that grown into? Um, maybe describe that a little bit. Um, how many, uh, you know, kids do you have working with you now? Yeah. So, I mean, we've, you know, we're not obviously like a, a gigantic program. The nice thing about what we do is we, uh, you know, we invite the kids we want to train and skate and, you know, work with us in that way. We don't have to take 5,000 kids to keep the lights on. So that's one nice thing is, you know, if, if we, see some certain things that we don't like or things that could be problems. We don't really have to deal with those. And so, you know, right now we've got about 250 kids in the program. Um, we do training programs. We do player advising. So some kids do some, some do all. Uh, they're mainly age 16 through pro guys, minor pro, like AHL is kind of the highest that we have there. Uh, and we work with them pretty much year round doing, you know, on ice stuff and, you know, some other stuff. And we like to, be a real presence in their lives and make sure that we're, you know, watching them and giving them feedback and all that stuff. So is that through sports agency or in that sense, or is it more of a mentor um, advising space? So it's, it's more of the advising, it's the amateur side. So, you know, obviously agents are, that's a different level of that. And those are pro guys. So we do, you know, the high school junior guys and kind of our niche is being able to help place guys at those levels. We have, a lot of really good relationships with teams to help guys, you know, get to those spots. And as you guys know, and when you go to juniors, you don't always stay on the same team. 
And so that's kind of a shock to a lot of people. And so, you know, we're able to kind of help them and, and give them education on, on that kind of thing and help get them to certain spots when they need to. So for our listeners, um, you know, and you had mentioned that you were born in Seoul, Korea. So um, do you identify as an Asian man? Um, just by, is yep. that, okay. so um, in with that experience that you've had in your life and playing hockey, which is, um, you know, a sport that we are seeing more diversified now when we are all part of this push to make it more diversified, um, you know, how, how was your experience as um, an Asian man um, now translate with some of your players? Do you have minority players and are you able to, um, you know, help them, maybe guide them in ways that, you know, are potentially a little bit different because of the experience that you have as being somebody that has been underrepresented in the sport, like they potentially are as well. And, you know, if you have, oh, for sure. can you, you know, speak a little bit to that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, for me, it's, I'm sure you guys have been through a lot yourself, but I just remember when I was a small child at a summer hockey camp, I had one of the coaches come up and sit right next to me and say, you know, Asians don't play hockey. And so oh, wow. that was a, that was quite the experience, yeah. you know, and that guy was, he is a hall of fame high school coach in Minnesota. And so, uh, just for about 15 years, I'm coaching at Augsburg. He's coaching at another school in the conference. And, you know, I talked to him and reminded him and, you know, we're friends now. I think he understood, like he grew up in a different area that doesn't, you know, make it okay at all, but it's just, it was a different time. And, to see him and the growth he had as he got older was really cool for me because we eventually became, you know, friends, but kind of back to your question, it's, you know, yeah, we do have, you know, some minority players in our program. And obviously that's a special thing for me because I can kind of tell them a little bit what I've gone through and understand what they might be going through. We have, you know, a kid in high school now that is on a suburban team. And, um, you know, he said that his players were saying things to him at captain's practice um, racial things and his coaches didn't step in. And so he transferred to a different school, which that shouldn't happen. Right. You know, that stuff shouldn't have to happen. And the fact that it still does is heartbreaking because that kid, that's a huge change for him and his family, you know? Uh, but we do have, you know, we have a couple of real, real high end kids that, you know, we're really proud of, you know, one's named Joe Udy, so Albert Lee's a senior down there. Uh, another kid, Peyton Blair from Centennial. Uh, these are kids that, We'll be playing high-level hockey after this season, and just to see them, you know, thrive and do all the great things they're doing for me, it's special because I think hockey is the greatest sport out there. I think mm-hmm. hockey people are are awesome people, and I think we just need more representation. I think that's we just need more people playing, more people loving the game, and I think that comes down to people feeling comfortable and feeling, you know, like they have great experiences. And I think they'll keep playing if they can have those. Definitely, yeah. It- I would like to touch on just kind of how, you know, Mike, you've kind of been a, you know, a huge guidance in my career because we've touched on it before. You know, my parents never played hockey or, you know, they just got me involved. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, we didn't, they didn't know anything about junior hockey, you know, or what comes after high school, Mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, Mike was a huge part of, you know, guiding me and getting me to different tryouts, camps, getting me connected with coaches and, you know, all kind of things. Uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have continued playing hockey if, you know, Mike wasn't there along the way, you know, 
you know, telling Powerful. me, yeah, telling me, you know, there's other opportunities to play, you know, getting me different places. So, I, you know, anyone listening, Mike Bowman is, you know, is a real deal when it comes to that as far as helping. Because th- there is a lot of different coaches that promise you things or scouts or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. ring you around. But, you know, Mike Mike was always true to his word. And, he, you know, he was always honest. You know, you, you know I'm going to talk to this person. You might – you may or may not make the team or you know whatever but you know uh you know he always got m- the foot in the door it was a huge thing so appreciate that mike and uh yeah thank mike thank you for doing that one for kendall and then two i just want to encourage any listeners to um you know the spot that i'm in kendall's in mike you're in right we are people of color who are growing up in this space playing this game that we all love um i you know encourage you to get back and to find people that are um, underrepresented in, in in the game to help guide them through um, you know some of this more tumultuous stuff. So um, you know, kudos um, and again, g- just grateful that our people are like you are out there to help. Um, and I encourage everybody to to do you know what Mike has done and continues to do. So I mean, that's incredible. Um, Mike, yeah. I mean, how does it feel to have somebody like Kendall come on? You know, now where Kendall's at now with um, you know, just getting more visibility and, you know, getting more of a platform to be able to speak on these issues. What is it like, you know, for somebody like you to have him um, see where he's at now, you know, you must be really proud, but then also to know, um, you know, how big of a role you played in helping uh, him get to that place. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome, Kendall. I mean, I, you're a man of few words, you know, usually when I talk to you, so it's really impressive just (laughs) to see you, how well-spoken you are and, and the things you're doing now to really make a difference. I mean, that's, that's, that's worth more than any price, you know? So what you're doing is, is huge. And uh, I'm really proud of you. And I mean, all the years you're with me, you're just exactly what we want in a player. You're respectful. You work hard. You've got a great attitude. You know, you were always a kid that came to the rink and, you know, there were no problems with you. I mean, you're exactly what any coach would want. So uh, all the years we were together, I just want to thank you too for being part of the program. Cause like I said, guys like you really built to where we are now. I mean, uh, last couple of years, you know, we've had 16 D one guys come out of the program. I don't think we had any four or five years ago. So awesome. uh, kind of like you said, I think the fact that we try to be good people, we try to be really transparent with people. I think that does help because there's people out there that don't do that. Right. Exactly. I also saw recently, uh, which is huge. Um, you're part of the hockey day in Minnesota. You got the sponsorship. You're one of the sponsors for that. How did that kind of come about? Yeah, that was great. I mean, Schwarty, the, the Augsburg coach, he was coaching at White Bear before that high school, and okay. he was part of that committee, and so he reached out and said, you know, hey, you guys should uh, you guys should be in presence there, and so we, we decided to do that, and it was a great uh, great event, great time, met a lot of awesome people, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's dope. So where do you find yourself, um, you know, do you do you see this, what your, your life's work is going to continue to be this? You have worked on this for 10 years, you have another 10 years, you know, to, to plot, or is there anything, um, you know, that you, that you plan on, on doing next? I sure hope so. I mean, mentoring is a big thing we like to do too. I mean, when I started this, it was me and two of my really close friends and now we're up to 23 people on the staff. So it's really, really taken off. Uh, we're going to start a girls branch this summer. Uh, I think that's going to be successful. We've got a lot of interest from players and a lot of college coaches that we've talked to. So I think, um, for us, there's a lot of room for growth still, to be honest, even though the growth we've had in the last four or five years has been substantial. I think 
you know, we have the right people in place. And to me, that's the key for almost anything. If you have those people, you can achieve quite a bit. Right. So, um, you know, something I think too, what I love is that you, you really talk about the progression and the exponential growth, right? So the fact that, you know, a couple of years ago, um, right. You maybe didn't have, you had really good players, but they weren't, you know, breaking that, that plane, but now you have 16 players at that D one level. And so I guess like, like what can you, you know, is there, is there some advice that you have for people that are looking to maybe step into this and yeah, good question. Okay. Yeah. You want to, yeah. No, okay. Yeah. So any, yeah. Right. I mean, it's really impressive and it's just like, holy crap. And you know, from, you know, a business side perspective or from anything, right. Like the fact of that you started this thing, you had this idea, you went for it. And now 10 years later, it's still growing. Like what, what advice do you have for anybody that, you know, is looking to, um, you know, want to, create that change that they want to see like you, like you've done so well. I think the biggest thing is you have to love doing it because it's a lot of work, but to us, it's not work. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there is no substitute in the time. You know, you have to put the time in. That's to me, I think how we have grown is put the time in, got to really grow our network and meet a lot of coaches and, you know, get relationships with them. I think the relationship aspect and the hard work, you just, those are two huge things that you've got to nurture. And so I think people don't want to do it that's great. I think it's, it's a great thing. And I think in Minnesota, if you do it right, you can certainly have a market here, of course, but uh, you have to be one to, to really put the time in. I think that's the key. If you do it half, half hearted, I just, I think in the end, it's not going to be what you want it to be. So I think going into it, you have to know uh, that it's going to take a lot of time. You've got to be patient. Uh, and also organization is key too, just being very organized because you only have so much time in a day and how you, know, you want to maximize that. So you would also just, you know, something we talk about a little bit is the transition. Um, hockey players, right, we sometimes have a hard time figuring out what to, what to do next. Um, and you would, you know, said, right, it doesn't feel like work because you're so passionate, you love it. But um, do you just have any tips on, like, how one might find their passion on, you know, on finding something that, that they love as well? Like, how did you – you had mentioned at the beginning of the show, right, like you had got done – said, you know, past, past high school, maybe past college isn't going to be a thing. Let me get into in, in the coaching. But, you know, how does, like, what would you recommend for anybody else, you know, at that stage in their life, um, you know, having to make that big decision to, like, what, what would you recommend for them? Yeah, I think if you have, like, mentors, if you have trusted contacts like that, those are usually people that would love to help people get a foot in the door. So I think that's, like, for me, that's how it started is I had, you know, some people that helped me out quite a bit and got me pointed in the right direction. And I think you have to be willing to work. I mean, everybody would love to start and be the president and be the boss, but I think you have to be willing to, you know, show and prove your worth to a lot of people before, you know, maybe you can really take that next step. So I think those are probably the two biggest things I would say is, you know, find good people to surround yourself with, whether that's past coaches, family members, friends, uh, people like that. I've found that people love helping people. So, that would be the biggest thing is who in your network, who in your community can, can be that person for you. And then just be willing to work at it because, you know, if you're just starting at it, like I know for me, I'm a lot better at this than I was 10 years ago. So I think it's just making sure that you have the right people around you that can teach you and show you the right way to do things. So you can, you know, hopefully take those next steps. That's awesome. Mike. Uh, one thing I was asking, you know, I've, I've seen you, you know, over the years, it always seems like everything is, you know, going great. Has there, you know, been any, you know, road bumps along the way that kind of stick out that, 
you know, you kind of had to overcome and persevere through? I just think, I think the hardest part with what we do is sometimes appear in expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why, again, when I say we're not a huge business that we can kind of vet the people, that's really nice. And I think that eliminates a lot of that. But what I've seen over the years is like the kids love to play. They don't always necessarily care where they're playing. Obviously they want to be at the highest level possible, yeah. but usually the parents are the hindrance in terms of development or continuing to play or things like that. It's just sometimes the parents are so involved and, um, you know, I think when these kids hit a certain age, they have to learn to advocate a little bit for themselves. Not that they don't need support and help, but you know, if the parents are calling coaches when these kids are 20, 21, it's just, it's not a positive in my opinion. Right. So that, that's probably been the biggest thing is sometimes just the parent expectations and, you know, having to try to, you know, navigate those things. But other than that, there's not really a lot of bad days. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So you had uh, talked a little bit about people that had mentored you and you had mentioned the, the coach that had, you know, said Asian people don't play hockey and how you've now, you know, reconciled and growing a relationship and, you know, friendship with them um, in that sense, right? But I guess, uh, you know, who who would you then claim or, you know, who would you, um, who do you think or who have been your mentors? Could you maybe name some and what are some of the, the, the things that you have taken from those mentors that you now apply with your own players? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, obviously Mike Schwartz at Augsburg was a huge mentor to me, uh, just the way he ran a program and the way he was able to identify talent. I think that was something he was very special at was he could watch a player and see where they can be, not where they are now. And I think that's a big skill for any coach is being able to do that uh, and just the way he conducted himself. So that was definitely one that I would say was a big mentor to me. Uh, Actually a basketball coach, uh, John Wooden, he's, passed a while ago, but former UCLA coach, I think he's the best coach that will ever be in any sport uh, based on his record, how his, you know, former players absolutely adored him, how he conducted himself as a a classy person. He just, you know, when I first started coaching, I I wrote a lot of letters to coaches at various sports and stuff and, you know, asked them like, what did they do? What are theirs? And he uh, actually invited me to his home in Los Angeles when he was retired. And I got to fly out and spend, you know, a full day with him at his home and, just listen to all of his knowledge and wisdom. And I mean, I still talk to him up until his passing and uh, just, just a classy guy, a guy that could walk around anywhere and puff his chest out. But if you saw him on the street, you would never know he was, you know, a 10 time national championship coach. So, you know, I think just the way he conducted himself was, you know, one of the big reasons that uh, I really, really respected him. So those would be two, there's been a lot, but those would probably be two that really come to mind. That's huge. Well, we don't want to hold you on too long. I know you got um, stuff going on. Is there, uh, you know, where can they find you? I know you have a website, and, you know, how how do kids, uh, you know, coming up get involved with Bowman Hockey? Yeah, thanks for asking. So we have a website. It's bowmanhockeymn.com. Okay. Uh, we have our Twitter. That's bowman underscore hockey. Uh, we, we'd be happy to help anybody. And if there's anything I can do for, for you two, you know, in the future, I would love to, be more connected with you and what you have going. I know a few years ago with Minnesota hockey, Glenn Andreessen, I was part of a little committee that they had for uh, growing the game and diversifying the game. And I think that's kind of morphed into something bigger, I think from what I've heard, but yeah. you know, stuff like that, I think is great. Position, you know, a woman in Makua 
is actually in that position now and she's been doing awesome stuff. So yeah, you, you have driven, you know, that position, you really helped make something for Minnesota hockey. So appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's terrific to hear, but yeah, I, I just think it's the greatest game in the world and, you know, any way that I can help anybody, uh, I would love to do that, especially, you know, folks maybe that don't feel like they can play or that there's opportunities. I think that's really a group that, you know, if there's ever anything I can do for you guys to help, please let me know. Yeah, Yeah, Mike, we'll be in contact. I can, you know, just everything you're doing is, is incredible. And the, you know, the consistency, the fact that you have so much passion for your work is, is intoxicating. It's inspiring. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to continue to, you know, find a way to work together. I would love that, too. I would really love that. Yeah, it was awesome. And thanks again for your time, Mike. Uh, again, we'll stay in touch and uh, get together again soon and get some lunch again. Thank yeah, you. that'd be great. That'd be great to see you guys soon. Thanks very much. Thank you, Mike, so thanks. much. And thank you to yep. our listeners. Yep. Kendall, take it away. Yep. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Another episode of Hockey is for Everyone podcast. Uh, we look to s- look forward to seeing you next week and tune in. Yeah, I can do what I wanna and make you a believer. Here you say I from stadium to street corner. Make you a believer, make you say I